Saturday Night Hive. I'm Candace, and I'm here with my friend Hibba. Hello, Hibba. Hi, Candace. So today we are talking about an episode that I was very excited by, and it was the Oscar Isaac Charlie XCX episode. I want to start off by saying, Hibba, what is your take on Oscar Isaac? I think my take is everyone's take, which is that he seems really hot and really nice, and that's a great mm. combination in a human being. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. No, I that mean, is do I need America's. to say anything else? <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. So that's that's America's take on Oscar Isaac. I am with you. I love Oscar Isaac. I do think he is hot. I am inside, underneath, and in between Lewin Davis. And look, I don't engage with Marvel at all, but I am actually extremely excited for his upcoming series, Moon Knight, on Disney+. Plus. And also, Oscar Isaac is hot. Just want to put that in there one more time. Um, another fun fact, Oscar Isaac, March 9 birthday, Pisces. Who knew? Oh. I know. And so, there's a lot Close to, to say. to your birthday. <laughs> I know, exactly. And so, another thing to also note is I totally forgot that this is not Oscar Isaac's first time at SNL because in October... He was in the What's Up With That sketch with Nicholas Braun. He said it was his first time hosting in the monologue. And I was like, how can that be true? But then I remembered I I had seen him because of that sketch, but he wasn't hosting. Exactly. Exactly. And just to give her a little cred cred, I'm a huge fan of Charlie XCX. Love her music so much. If you have not watched her documentary on Hulu about how she made How I'm Feeling Now during the quarantine, it's short. I had a lot of fun. I was dancing, dancing, dancing. And I was doing only a little bit of dancing for this episode, but we're going to get into it and roll through the entire episode because the sketches, I will admit, writers, you didn't flop. And Hibba, let's talk about something you liked, Cold Open. What do you think? Okay, so I love the Cold Open. After seeing how um, they handled kind of like the breaking news of the war in Ukraine with having the Ukrainian chorus on, um, I was wondering what they were going to do because they can't just do that every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but they came up with this genius idea to have a Fox News Mar-a-Lago Ukrainian Invasion Celebration Spectacular, which is a mm-hmm. mouthful. But basically, um, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram were like hosting this like celebration of the invasion by the GOP. Um, and yeah, I think they did a fantastic job. They hit like all of their political points. And I think the casting was really good as well. Um so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of jumping into the monologue, I want to start off by saying I really enjoyed this. It totally worked for me. I love that it was short. And I mostly appreciate that he didn't resort to gags. And yeah. I really love that he, like, pulled in clips. He brought clips from home from his childhood yeah. home video. And it was <laughs> cute and it was genuine. And I got to ask one cue. If NBC Universal indeed bought his movie, The Avenger, will it be available on Peacock? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> it'll be like in a hidden tab called like it'll be in a hidden tab called like for specific Oscar Isaac fans. You yeah. Know? So I think part of the reason why people love Oscar Isaac, which is 
um i tried to summarize very briefly at the top he mm-hmm. is hot and also seems mm-hmm. like a good person like mm-hmm. every chance he gets he just shows us a genuine side of him like to bring out your home movies it's like that like perfect overshare where like it's really adorable and funny and very genuine and you're like oh like he was always kind of been a weirdo but like in a yeah. good way um also i love when like people of color go on snl and then they just kind of like make fun of hollywood like he was talking about how he has like four names and like hollywood was like oh we're gonna pick the two white ones the two white sounding yeah. ones and how like casting de- directors think that he's ethnically ambiguous and like i don't know all of that stuff i was like we need this like we need the extra like kind of like sharpness that's like also f- friendly Exactly. And I think you also make a good point about how Oscar Isaac is not our typical white bread American heartthrob. And I think that's really shown through these sketches where he often did not play the cool measured one. He played yeah. like the weird one. Yeah. And I think this is such a good contrast to like Nick Jonas, who, yes. who if he doesn't play the hot one, he's throwing riots. He's quitting yeah. Joe Bros again. Like, he must be the hot one always, whereas Oscar <laughs> is never the hot one, even though we know he's the hot one. Yeah. It's just like he's so secure in his hotness oh. that he doesn't always need to be the hot one. It's kind of like the same concept of, like, toxic masculinity. And also it shows you the difference between people who are, like, real actors and in it for the art of acting and people Mm -hmm. who are just like in it for the celebrity you know oh oh you think nick jonas is in it just for the instagram sponsorships i mean i don't understand why we let this band get away with the third album i don't understand (laughs) that i mean i just want to say a mediocre third album you'll never catch hiba streaming spaceman on spotify you'll never Okay, so going on to someone who's hot, but likes to pretend he isn't, let's start with the first sketch, Paw Patrol. I want to start off by saying I have this weird feeling from this sketch alone that Oscar is weird and maybe a little freaky. And I was very intrigued because he came in so early in this sketch. I was like, oh, I am excited to see where else he puts his talents. I do have to admit, I didn't love 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 the sketch because i'm not a parent but i'm sure parents do love it yeah i i also like felt like not very personally attached to the world of paw patrol but i felt exactly like you said like he came in strong and he came in right away like there are some hosts where they're only in like every third sketch and you're watching and you forget that they're the host but he really showed up like in most of the sketches as a main character which takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort Um, And again, it's like those people that are really in it for the artistry of it. Exactly. He was like, I am main character. See me. Yeah. Um, Speaking of seeing, inventing Chloe. Let me just say, Chloe Fineman, you did a very good job. Like, I was extremely impressed. The accent was totally right, which is funny Mm -hmm. because the accent is not even real. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. However, I'm so glad you did this as a pre-tape and not like a live sketch because Mm. it required a lot of like Instagram flashes and like social media integrations, but very spot on. Really, really happy about it. Yeah, I'm just happy that um, Chloe Feynman got a chance to do an impression. I think it's one kind of talent to be able to do an impression 
off of like something that's real and authentic but knowing that Anna herself made up that accent and then Chloe had to impersonate that fake accent is just amazing exactly exactly rolling into the next one Hiba what did you think about this is actually kind of a controversial one what do you think about workplace harassment okay so workplace harassment and the fiction workshop I felt like these were both really good examples of like crossing the line but in a good way like where Mm. it was like uncomfortable but also still funny and Mm -hmm. the humor was more than the cringe I think the humor overshadowed the cringe in a good way Mm -hmm. I also feel like this is a perfect example of Oscar Isaac's willingness to be the cringe character like the whole point of the workplace harassment seminar was like we're gonna show you no matter how bad your workplace might be it could be worse and so he was like literally playing like this scum of a human being but like I didn't walk away with any bad feelings about him because I was like oh that's so funny that he was like just like humble enough to like play this character that he obviously would never be exactly I too really enjoyed this sketch I also really enjoyed Dua Lipa fanfic which we will get to mm-hmm. I first off want to shout out SNL costume department and styling because A.D. Bryant sometimes she will wear this really cute green floral dress it looks so good on her I want it I love that dress and just to really get into the sketch now I first off want to say Oscar Isaac, excessively strong such a good vibe I would mm-hmm. love to see them on Broadway together mm-hmm. I think that'd be really hot I also really loved their frequent use of the words raw intercourse. I know some people had <laughs> issues with it. I loved it. Um, even though I didn't like how they wrapped up the sketch with like this very sitcom play the credits way. The sketch was good. I mean, it reminded me of something Julio Torres would write, especially mm-hmm. when he was doing his Sarah Lee Harris, Harry style stuff. I also want to say if we're going to talk about king of weird, king of freaky, I really feel like Rami Malek could have played this so well. I feel like we keep going back to the Rami Malek episode, but again, like there, I I thought of him because he's also another person who was like, when he hosted, he was like in every sketch and he was like a main Mm. character in every sketch. So you know how you made that comparison about how Rami Malek is Willem Dafoe, like add a few decades. I feel like maybe also another good comparison is that Rami Malek is Oscar Isaac in like another (gasps) 10 years or so, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the yeah, weirdness no, that makes total sense. is there yeah yeah that totally makes sense and speaking of weirdness we now take a bit of a downturn a bit of a u-turn some may say because we are going to talk about the meatball sketch oh no Heba, like what are your initial thoughts about meatballs okay so my first feeling was like when i saw her wearing that scarf i was like something weird is about to happen but i also mm-hmm. feel like it was such good casting for Sarah to be mm. that person. It just felt like her kind of comedy. I just don't enjoy that kind of comedy. And I just really didn't like it. It was just like it was kind of gross to like watch that. So that's why I felt like they crossed the line of like the cringe overpowered the funny for me. Yeah, for me, I cannot believe that this made it onto air i cannot Mm -hmm. believe that i saw this because number one i just want to like walk through the the steps of the sketch possibly first they pitch this to oscar isaac he must have said yes then they send scripts and costumes to charlie xcx and they say you wear this and you film this you're gonna be playing a meatballs it of some sort yeah and then they play it at dress rehearsal 
And it's not even one of the last sketches. It's like firmly in the middle. Yeah. And they decide, yeah, 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 people are loving this. They keep it in the line. They're not even cutting it for time. I just feel like there are so many places where this sketch could have, should have, and really, really should have died somewhere along that path. And just to like be very clear, so many better sketches have been cut for time than this. Yeah. What happened, Lornathan Michaels? <laughs> you think his real name is Lornathan? <laughs> <laughs> is it not? Is that not a common, is that Lorne <laughs> a common name commonly known as Lornathan in Canada? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I agree with you. This absolutely should have been cut for time. I also feel like Sarah Storm and Chris Red are not a believable couple, but that's just yeah. like another thing. Yeah. For me, it's actually more of a like a quirky, like it's a quirky thing and a bit of an age thing. Yeah. Well, no, actually, Chris is like 34. Just kidding. Ignore that. I, okay. I just feel like their styles of comedy are different and they would never go on a date. She said that, y'all. She said that. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, now we take another U-turn. So we're back on the freeway. Okay, Hibba, what did you think about 80s Dream? Okay, I loved this one because... I feel like when someone is so obviously hot, you have to joke about it. Like, you have to mm-hmm. make it into comedy. Um, like, an episode that we really both loved from last season was the Reiki John Page episode. Mm-hmm. And I think he came out super strong in the monologue with, like, a play on, like, I know people think I'm hot, right? <laughs> so they needed to do that again with Oscar Isaac. And I felt like 80s Dream was, like, the perfect sketch that accomplished that. Um, it's also a, a part of a series of sketches that AD does where she like becomes a celebrity or like she like just lives a different life than her day to day life. Like, um, she did like with Cardi B and, and the Kardashians. Yeah. The Kardashians. Right. So, um, so first of all, like uh, when they do sketches that are part of like this long running series or like category immediately as the viewer you understand where to place it and you're like okay I get what's going on um and then yeah just like Oscar Isaac like playing along so perfectly and then at the end being like wait is this a real thing like (laughs) so yeah I thought it was funny and I thought it was necessary because we needed that like comedic relief of like yeah like you you have to acknowledge it right exactly no you're right the true like the biggest tenet of comedy is like create tension then release it the tension Mm -hmm. we felt was you're hot you're hot you're hot we release it by saying thank you so much for acknowledging it true i also have so many questions about how many hosts 80 has pitched this to like how many times Mm. has she brought this to the table because if it was me i would just every single week i'm like (laughs) reggae here's this rami here's this this? michael b jordan if you ever come on here's this (laughs) um but i have to say I actually feel like Oscar Isaac was the perfect one for it. So this was a good match. I also feel like it was oddly believable enough. And Mm -hmm. I just have good vibes all over. Now, Hibba, we really need to talk about this fiction workshop. Where do you want to begin? Okay, so I feel like if anyone else had played Oscar Isaac's character, like the cringe janitor who's like, obviously hitting on someone Mm -hmm. I would have been mad at it but I felt like he did it in a good way and I felt like they also spent enough time kind of building up his character as like 
a like a potentially likable person that Mm -hmm. it wasn't so obvious from the very beginning that he was going to end up being a creep so yeah I don't know I feel like it was like a delicate balance it's delicately well done do you think they could have picked someone other than Dua Lipa okay so here's the thing because Dua Lipa would never actually end up with like a middle-aged school janitor it was funny like (laughs) I think it would have been much more creepy if he had hit on like one of the women that was in his writing circle like in the group so yeah I feel like like yeah, it was weird and it was cringe, but like who doesn't have a celebrity crush on Dua Lipa? Like I'm I'm not trying to encourage creepy behavior, but I feel like it was low-key relatable. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because I learned a lot from this sketch. The first thing is this sketch wasn't for me. This sketch was about me. I am Oscar Isaac. I am janitor in a middle school. And... I have so many notes. The first one being really good twist. Really good twist. This was fan fiction. Very smartly. Well done. I wish Bon Yang was in this. I feel like he could have done so well. Mm-hmm. Maybe my only critique is the reason I felt like a little uncomfy with the Dua Lipa thing is just because she's a lot younger than him. But the yeah. thing is, fan fiction, a community I not only support, but frequently uh Partaking. Mm-hmm. It's usually like very young, possibly 14-year-old women and girls writing about celebrities who are like 39, 40 plus. So they're like 15 years older or so. <laughs> That's not 15 years, but like they're like at least 15 years older. So the age gap is not exactly the issue. I think maybe my issue is that he was so much older and she was so much younger. But on top of that, one of my blind spots is that I have no idea who, which female celebrities men are interested in i don't know why i had no idea that guys had crushes on dua lipa just in the same way that whenever someone tells me they actually have a crush on kylie jenner i'm so shocked because i'm like wait a minute haven't you read the think piece about how her lip kits have created this filler mania that creates like 14 year old perceptions of beauty and it's like no girl no they're not thinking in that they're not thinking that way i think also I liked that it was Dua Lipa because exactly for the reason that you said where like she kind of became like a big deal celebrity crush like pretty quickly so I feel like when she first came out she was kind of more of this like down-to-earth vibe and now she's like like more of like the hot it girl you know and so yeah I feel like less mad about it than like if it was like Like, if it was, like, Kim Kardashian, I'd be like, oh, I'm so over this. She's been hot for forever, you know? That's true. I actually think the other tenet of fan fiction, which makes this sketch kind of actually perfect, most fan fiction is written about someone unattainable. The most Mm -hmm. unattainable you can be is fake, so, like, a fictionalized character. But Dua Lipa, maybe I'm, like, not realizing this, Dua Lipa is so hot she's so it she does have a lot of unattainable beauty standards i'm just gonna say that she is now at the unattainable level where people crush on her because they know they're never gonna have her they're never gonna meet her in a middle school hallway and that is why the writers thought she was like the perfect person to project onto the other issue is that i've never read dua lipa fan fiction because i'm not searching for it like fan fiction 
even I mean like if you're on Wattpad and you're like on the homepage all the time maybe you've glanced it but like most times when I'm in when I'm in fan fiction I'm looking for a very specific subject and theme and whatever so it just never crossed my mind to go there maybe this was like a really good ad for Wattpad maybe this is a really good ad for the fanfic industry okay moving on hey but what do you think of weekend update okay so weekend update i thought it was pretty solid my favorite part was i go going on there as a pregnant woman to talk about rihanna's pregnancy and Mm -hmm. how rihanna has created unattainable standards for pregnant women and how she's like always wearing like these beautiful like very see-through clothing and like actual pregnant women just want to sit down Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so yeah i thought it was funny because it needed to be said and also it didn't like rain on rihanna's parade right like it really focused on like we love rihanna and like nobody should ever say anything bad about her and they Mm -hmm. didn't like they managed to critique um basically they were just kind of critiquing like society and like expectations around pregnancy and like women and beauty without like i think um yeah critiquing rihanna's choices too much it's true no it's true i mean hippo's right we should never speak ill of rihanna i mean the other day i had a rihanna moment where i was like wearing a t-shirt and my cardigan was like had the only the top button buttoned and i literally was like wow i am like rihanna when she announced her pregnancy same vibes same vibes (laughs) anyway (laughs) speaking of pop vibes I did want to take a moment to talk about Charlie XCX, my queen. Okay. So I enjoyed her performances. Like, I mean, I enjoyed her being here. I understand that she's yeah. going back on tour soon. She has an album that just came out. But I will have to admit that I really wish she had chosen a different song for her second performance. The song mm-hmm. I wish she had chosen was New Shapes by Christina and the Queens, which is on her new album. But it is a single that has been out for a while. And I just think that that is such a vocally stronger song. Now, I would have loved her to perform songs off of her album, How I'm Feeling Now, but she's trying to direct her attention towards her new album. I just think if you're a Charlie XCX person, you totally got her performance. But I'm actually wondering, Hippa, did you like her performances or did you find it like maybe a little campy, a little much, la 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 la? Yeah, um, I enjoyed them. I liked all of her like costume and set and all of that kind of stuff i'm not super familiar with her but i didn't have anything like that was really memorably bad so i think in my mind that's like she did pretty well i also think she was supposed to be on the paul rudd episode Mm -hmm. and had to get rescheduled so i was happy just to see that she was able to actually perform true and i think when she was booked for paul rudd she was supposed to perform new shapes with christine and the queens things happened Mm -hmm. it's fine she had her moment she had she had more airtime than paul rudd we can say that um so now it's the time of the episode where i ask you hibba what is your rating of oscar isaac and charlie xcx yeah um okay so my rating is um an eight point out of 10 80s dreams Mm. i yeah i really like this episode i feel like just the energy and the overall vibes was pretty good like i feel like the thing that i look for in a host is that 
they come and they're like game and they're like very in the episode and there's no way that I forget that they're the host and I really feel like Oscar Isaac delivered that and he came with good energy I felt like the cold open and the monologue were spot on we talked about a lot of the sketches which is more than we can say for a bunch of the past episodes where we're just kind of like this was my a good one and like all the other ones mm-hmm. I didn't care for um so yeah I feel like this is probably the best episode we've seen in a while it was especially better than the John Mulaney episode Mm -hmm. so I think the ordering definitely made me feel better about it like if this had been in a in the middle of a bunch of good episodes maybe it would have rated it a little bit lower but the only sketch I really didn't like was the meatball one (laughs) and like all the other ones like I could sort of I either like them or I could like didn't have big issues with um and yeah I felt Charlie XCX was pretty solid so for that reason I was pretty impressed with this episode what did you think I think that's great I follow behind you my rating of this episode is six out of ten lunatics on bath salts (gasps) oh my goodness I know. <laughs> I think you make a very good point, Hiba, that the fact that we enjoyed this episode more than John Mulaney, I never would have expected that. But I mm-hmm. also wonder if it's because Oscar Isaac benefited from being a freshman, whereas John Mulaney suffered mm. from literally being a super senior. It, it was yeah. his fifth time coming on. We had such a good track record of like what he's done, what he's good at. The fact that yeah. he couldn't jump his own bars was honestly a low whereas oscar isaac was like the new fresh person on the block and yeah i think this episode was totally just fine like there was good writing on the table and i think oscar who does have theater experience did a really good job of being as you said the main character and i think now we're gonna come back to this willem rami situation so there are moments where he leaned kooky and this is like the Dua Lipa fan fiction part. And I think that's great. I think what maybe is pulling me away from giving him an eight is the fact that I see him as a very controlled Willem Dafoe, but a mm. less zany Rami Malik. And I think it's just because I think he did the best he could. But there was something about the way that Rami was able to go like all the way that I don't think Oscar was ready to like really I do think the freakiest he was was like the harassment sketch but even that wasn't close to Sleepy Town USA which once again I will mention every episode as like (laughs) I think the best sketch of the season but with all of this being said Oscar Isaac his uh, my opinion of him has not changed I think he is charming. I think he is cute. I think he is hot. I need to say that one more time. And I was just so happy to see him get SNL. Like, I feel like this was a dream for him, as we could tell from his homemade movie, The Avenger. And I think seeing people be happy, seeing people be so excited, and seeing people, like, have their dreams realized, it does give better energy, and it makes me happy as well. Yeah, I felt like we were really experiencing something personal with him. Like, he was excited Mm. to be there, and you could tell, and that made me excited. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas, Melania, very, like, uh, I've been here before. I've worked here before. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Um... Once again, Oscar Isaac, you're hot. Um, thank you so much for listening to our episode. Hibba, thank you very much for talking about how hot Oscar Isaac is with me. Anytime. Anytime. And we will see you all next time when we talk about 
Zoe Kravitz coming on SNL. Bye. Bye.